Welcome to the Hedera Hashcast, episode 16. I'm your host, Warlock and Key, and we're back again with the folks from Stator Labs. How are you guys doing today? All good. Uh, thanks for having us again. Excited to chat more. Of course. So now that Stator V2 has launched, how are things going? Yeah, so I, I think uh, last time we were here, we were talking about uh, what we expect from V2, and we, we, we talked about the J-curve, sort of people... Uh, you know, uh, just testing out the functionality for unstaking and then hopefully things moving uh, back up. Yeah, so that's kind of played out. Uh, the, the, the dip wasn't as great as probably we would expect it, about 2-3%. Um, and then, uh, you know, this week we've seen a strong uptake uh, in our net TVL uh, moving, you know, past 650, uh, hopefully moving towards more 700 sort of kind of levels. Uh, yeah, so that's from a pure staking perspective. So I think confidence in the protocol is high. Uh, people have sort of unstaked, gotten their edge bar, uh, realized the whole cycle is working well, and then sort of uh, given us their word of confidence back. Um, the next steps uh, is basically to make uh, make this uh, product as or token as useful as possible. Uh, so some big steps. Uh, you know, we've been talking to. Uh, source all ever since they were in development and we've, we've kind of uh, been interacting off and on. So um, the the main event this week is probably their their uh, HBAR X, HBAR pool going live um, on their platform, uh, right? Um, and, uh, you know, subsequently the idea is to have more and more of these uh, DeFi integrations as new platforms come up. Uh, and uh, on the other side of things, uh, we are also kind of thinking of uh, you know more use cases for the token uh, to directly be exchanged with other tokens, right? Uh, so essentially, using HBARX as a currency, which sort of accumulates over time if you do nothing with it, but also can be useful in buying NFTs and other tokens. And those are the kind of things uh, which we are sort of having early discussions with uh, folks on. Yeah, so Saucer Swap is going to be launching this Saturday, the 23rd, which is really yep. exciting. Um, I've already heard people talking a lot about uh, putting putting stuff in the liquidity pool and being excited about the HBAR X to Sauce, being excited by uh, HBAR X to HBAR, obviously. Um, yeah. Tell me more about this kind of uh, three-pronged collaboration between you, Saucer Swap, and Headstarter. Yeah, so the, the DeFi Alliance is a little bit sort of more long-term and, and I'll, I'll park it a little bit separately from the pools because they're, they're, they're a different conversation, right? So I, I think uh, where the DeFi Alliance conversation really started was, hey, so we've been through this journey, some a little faster, some a little slower over the last few months on sort of building the real basic building blocks of DeFi on, on the network, right? Uh, and the idea was to kind of collectively bring together uh, our experiences, both on the tech side, on the community building side, and what we've done on the user experience side, to kind of say, hey, how can we help uh, other folks who might be looking at this journey from outside uh, sort of go through this faster and sort of help the ecosystem go forward, right? So one of uh, the things that we take very seriously as one of our sort of, uh, you know, responsibilities as being one, uh, the first sort of liquid staking protocol uh, is to kind of help the ecosystem grow, right? And so we've, we've launched some small initiatives for creators, 
along that front, a small one for our own community, uh, which, which is more like a test thing that other folks can sort of also pick up. Uh, but this one is uh, a little bit bigger and more collaborative in that sense. The idea is to kind of develop standards and, you know, there, there were, you know, it might not look at it from the, the outside, but they were uh, sort of uh, key points where we got stuck and there was some solutioning done and we, we had help from, you know, THF or uh, other protocols. And we just want to make sure that there is a central repository or a central place when, you know, people can, who are building, can sort of reach out to if they feel that there is, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, some place where they're stuck and they, they want to, they want to move ahead faster, right? The other aspect of this is there are certain common things that every protocol that is going to build will need, right? So for example, uh, wallet integrations, right? And how do you test? Uh, what's the best practice for going into beta and then going launching, right? So all of those kind of things is, I think, what we've learned over the, this whole V1, V2 journey and similarly with Source. And similarly uh, with Headstarter, so the idea is to kind of uh, help help the newer folks and give them a platform uh, to sort of collectively reach out to our user bases as well. I mean, this is the perfect time to be doing it because you know we're so yeah. early, and you guys are kind of like the the big central focus as far as DeFi uh, right now on Hedera. So you know anything that can kind of help take away that barrier of entry for new developers, new people is, is that's really important. Yeah, and actually, look. So DeFi is very, very unique in that case, right? So uh, when more protocols come along, so for example, if a lending protocol now comes along, uh, Sauce is more valuable. We are more valuable because the token has more use cases. Now, with a combination of pools and lending protocols, you can make multiple trading strategies. So DeFi is very uh, different uh, in in the use case because as more and more sort of uh, protocols and use uh, building blocks come along, you can you can have sort of exponentially grow the ecosystem versus say you know uh, a regular use case like an NFT or something, where which which probably grows more linearly uh, with time. So uh, so that's why I think it's more even more important on the DeFi side to kind of do this uh, and make sure that we uh, we do everything we can to help uh, uh, folks that are building uh, launch and ramp up uh, quickly. On your end, have you have you seen a, a little more activity with uh, regards to new developers coming in or people reaching out or taking advantage of this? Yeah, so I think it's too early for people to kind of take advantage of this. I think we, we, we announced our intentions and uh, sort of um, what we uh, want to do in the future. Uh, and we we're sort of behind the scenes constantly sort of uh, having discussions and what to prioritize. So I think you'll see a few very, very concrete things coming out in the few weeks that people can start to take advantage of. And then I would expect people to sort of uh, take advantage of one or two of those things and then tell us what they need more, right? So I think that uh, that's the next step in the DeFi Alliance part of things where we need to provide them something concrete that they can sort of look at and uh, come and talk to us for. Uh, in general, uh, right, definitely, I think more sort of engagement uh, from uh, folks, uh, especially with some of our Indian roots who kind of who uh, want to build, uh, who are sort of, uh, you know, uh, learning about network and uh, are sort of at least interested in the network. Um, so uh, yeah, so on that front, definitely see a little bit more interaction, but a lot of those discussions are, you know, very, very preliminary and it's people who haven't, don't even have a team and just kind of are reaching out uh, founder to founder and having some discussions on, Hey, how your experience has been and stuff like that. 
Something that I <clears throat> think people might need your help being walked through is why is um, HBARX's interaction with a liquidity pool and SaucerSwap as a desk, why, why is that so important? Yeah, sure. So I, I think uh, there are a couple of things, right? So uh, if you look at HBARX, it's, it's kind of like uh, an asset in itself, right? It's an asset which grows grows in value with respect to HBAR over time, right? So now, uh, while you have an asset, you what can you do with that, right? You can It can obviously just sit there and, and grow in value, but uh, the idea always is to kind of utilize that in other ways, in other sort of financial instruments to kind of help the ecosystem grow, right? So one of the key things there is to kind of provide liquidity on a DEX. Right. So if you if you want to hold your position, you can increase your yields by providing liquidity uh, on a DEX, right? And take advantage of that, right? And uh, the the other side is that that helps people who are say trying to get into a position or get out of a position without the seven day holding period, right? Uh, so if today for whatever reason you want to sell your HBARX immediately, right? So you you will now have the option to do that using a pool. Right, you can swap it for, uh, for HBAR. Consequently, if you want to add HBAR, uh, sort of uh, get into HBARX, or maybe you know the uh, the pool is mismatched with the exchange rate that we have, and you want to take an opportunity of the arbitrage, then you can you can do that by taking an opposite position of whatever where the pool has been mispriced. Right. So this you know currently opens up the whole sort of hedging versus speculating kind of angle again that you see in traditional finance, right? Which in turn will increase the number of transactions, which hopefully will attract more uh, more uh, kind of use cases and protocols to come and build, which sort of builds on top and, uh, and the virtual circle starts, right? So that's why it's extremely important uh, uh, sort of milestone to kind of start this virtual circle and hopefully sort of carry it forward with more and more use cases, right? It also gives us the opportunity to increase the utility of HBARX quite a lot, right? Because right now the the sort of end goal is, hey, why would you hold HBAR? Why would you hold HBARX? Because you can use it everywhere and it uh, has a yield component to it, right? So it's while HBARX, HBAR is a start and it's a low impermanent loss pool uh, so that the risk is uh, lower the the two assets are very uh, you know tightly tied we can discuss more about that but going forward once the thing matures you know we, we, can, we can have you know hbarx stable stable coin pools right hbarx uh, pools with other protocol uh, tokens right so all of those kind of things come in board which increase the utility of the token as a currency itself so that's why it's uh, very important uh, uh, you know, step for the, the ecosystem as a whole. Well, yeah, let's let's get into what uh, you brought up that the 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 two currencies are very closely tied. Yeah, yeah. So, see uh, a little bit of background, right? So, uh, of course, with every sort of DeFi opportunity, there are associated risks, right? Uh, and when you put your tokens in uh, another protocol. Like like Stader sources another protocol. You take certain uh, risks associated with you know that counterparty, uh, that uh, that particular smart contract, right? Uh, and uh, you know things associated with uh, security, etc. 
of that smart contract and how that is architected, right? So uh, we always encourage folks to do their own research uh, and sort of uh, get to know these things before they make their own decision. But those are the standard risks when you go to every protocol, right? But for DEXs, there are certain uh, you know additional risks that come up in the way that the pricing is done, right? So one of those risks, uh, as a misnomer, is called impermanent loss. Uh, but essentially, because when you provide liquidity, uh, it's going to be a ratioed pool of HBARX, HBAR. So you have uh, exposure to both HBARX and HBAR, right? So once the price moves in either direction, uh, you are going to be mispriced uh, from uh, from the original spot, right? And people can read about it, and there's uh, you know mathematical formulas that calculate it. Even uh, you can sort of go and look at historical impermanent losses uh, for different uh, token pairs and look at so the wider the movement in the pr prices for the two token pairs, uh, the, the more the probability of the impermanent loss, right? And that impermanent loss has to be mitigated by providing trading APR or sort of rewards on top of the trading APR by the DEX for providing liquidity. Now, when we talk about, and you know, like I said, the, the greater the movement in the prices, the greater the impermanent loss on either side, right? It's a little bit skewed, but I'll leave the maths out of it. Uh, uh, but conceptually, you can understand it like this, right? So now with HBARX and HBAR, because we are uh, publishing an exchange rate, and basically HBARX is a Delta One product, if you look at it from a USDC perspective, right? As it's denominated in HBAR, it moves along with HBAR, it's just a ratio on top of HBAR and a yield on top of HBAR, right? So it moves very much along with HBAR, so it's very highly correlated. Uh, the prices change once every day, but by a small amount, and they're also publicly uh, verifiable, right? So say if there is a lot of selling of HBARX on the pool, <coughs> the particular opposite position, which would be profitable <coughs> is to, <coughs> sorry, should I repeat that answer maybe here? Yeah. So, uh, so the perfect, uh, the profitable position uh, on the other side is essentially to uh, take, buy up that HBARX, give it, uh, unstake it on Stater, and get the actual exchange rate. So basically for those seven days of liquidity, you can make a certain amount of money which will be arbitraging the pool. So the two pools will be sort of moving very closely. And we've seen this uh, play out on other ecosystem where people will sort of develop bots to do that, right? So you, you calculate a risk metric for seven days and you say that whenever the price goes down, execute these trades and so so the prices kind of move very uh, in lockstep right so and when that happens the impermanent loss is obviously lower because the prices are pretty much moving in lockstep um and hence uh, these pools are some of the safest pools right so if you look at two stable coins the, the, that's probably the you know if nothing is happening to the stable coins uh, you have to throw in that caveat these days right, but if right. the two stable coins are still stable that's probably the the safest pool because the, the prices are not supposed to change right but yeah those are some of the risks that people should be aware of and you know upsource i think has a great documentation on it uh people should kind of go there to understand it and then uh, go ahead and invest yeah but and like you were saying though like that risk can also become energy for the platform you know yeah. that that variance can be a good thing a very good thing starting out is uh, you know to attract people with okay, you know, there's risk, but I could also get a lot of reward. Uh, yeah. I think that's something a lot of people miss is that it yeah. kind of sounds bad on paper. 
Yeah, and, it, and it's natural, right? So we we always look at our own position, right? So as liquidity providers, that that's correct. But if you look at long term, right, it, it's it's actually increasing transaction activity on the network, right? So more transaction activity on the network attracts more protocols, has more fees, and has sort of stronger use cases, right? So overall, uh, it it helps, and I think from Dex has also realized that, right? So, so some of the APRs and the rewards that you will see will more than compensate uh, for uh, for these things, uh, so that people don't don't feel uh, you know too hard done by if, if there is a little bit of a permanent loss here or there. Absolutely. So you know we're well into V two, and yeah. just as a little check in. You know what's what's kind of your next priority on the uh, roadmap with Stater? Yeah, so the next priority on the roadmap uh, is going to be uh, a visual overhaul. <laughs> uh, there's going to be a little bit of a UI change, uh, probably uh, uh, a month, month and a half down the line, uh, where we're going to sort of uh, have a little bit more modern and minimalistic kind of layout, and that's more on the feedback that we have received, and also what we've seen on other. Uh, networks go well. Um, on uh, the you know uh, contract side of things, uh, we're in touch with uh, you know the, the folks who are building protocol staking. So that's the next sort of uh, you know bump for the staking ecosystem um, or a milestone for the staking ecosystem, uh, where we're in discussion on how to sort of handle that transition uh, where we integrate with protocol staking and how how would sort of uh, you know the rewards etc. looks like. Uh, so that's that's kind of uh, the next next step from a you know staking on Hedera evolution uh, point of view, right? And like I said right at the start, for us uh, as HBARX, uh, the the idea is to kind of make HBARX as useful as possible uh, going forward, uh, and that means that you know you you should be able to buy any token, any NFT with it, and and that's going to be a long haul. Uh, sort of process for us to kind of make sure uh, that that we integrate with as many folks as we can and and uh, you know uh, sort of spread in terms of distribution uh, HBARX as far wide as we can in as many platforms as we can right um, interestingly uh, some initial conversations on you know staking other tokens other protocol tokens as well which could be interesting down the line Right, uh, it's a way for uh, protocols to manage uh, their tokenomics. Uh, so, having built this uh, system of data, there's no reason why we can't um, offer a solution to sort of manage uh, staking for other tokens um, on the network. So, th those are the kind of things we are sort of in initial discussions of, but uh, probably a couple or three months even down the line. So, those are the four or five things that uh, that will be next for us. And I'm yeah. guessing you you can't say uh, who who might be receiving that kind of uh, product with uh, with staking that you might be helping them out. Yeah, so I mean it's not just one, but the idea is that if we do build this, we will kind of build this for everyone. So whoever wants it can kind of come in and talk to us and talk about what level of integration they want, whether they want to run the support themselves, whether they want us to run the support. All of those things are considerations because. It's not just sort of you develop it and implement it. It's also from what we've learned, right? It's a lot of uh, effort and uh, kind of uh, thinking has to go behind what the user's uh, experience will be, what kind of questions can uh, users ask, 
uh, and uh, you know what kind of uh, problems they can face, which we can sort of anticipate and make sure we can do. It takes it takes a lot of folks at the background. While I'm here yapping around <laughs> every week or every two weeks, uh, there is there is a, a big team that's working hard to make sure that any product issues, uh, uh, any sort of problems that. Uh, our users face uh, we address uh, a lot of the times we can't address them successfully uh, because it's either with the platform or uh, you know the, the, there's an issue with their privacy or anything like that but whatever we can address and is related to uh, the contract we we solve uh, and we continue to solve so yeah uh, those those kind of things i think uh, are considerations if we offer this kind of product like where do we draw the line where where does the partnering protocol want us to draw the line how much do they want to take whether they want a solution which is in their dap or in our dap so those are the kind of things we'll be thinking through before we put it out there but we hopefully will we'll have one or two you know sample implementations and you know then other folks can kind of take it forward if they want to with um more sophisticated and secure bridging coming um on hedera and you guys being a multi-chain platform, yeah. Yeah. do you guys anticipate um, any collaboration between all of your tokens? Yeah, so I think that's something that we have uh, internally sort of conceptualized, uh, where we offer uh, people on one uh, platform the ability to take exposure to or invest in tokens on another platform. Right. Uh, for us, uh, having uh, interoperability on Hedera is dually important because ideally we would want to sort of port our token as well at some point in time uh, to to the ecosystem and sort of uh, offer it to folks who who have sort of used our product and stuff like that. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, on that front, I think that's something that we would be very interested in. Uh, I think there are a couple of things that we have to do internally to kind of stabilize our solutions. So there are four solutions which are pretty stable now, two which are coming up, right? And possibly two or three more uh, in the pipeline. So I would sort of look at this more as a Q1 project uh, where we sort of try and bring together some of these tokens into a unified place where intero you know, uh, interoperability is there and uh, folks can take, you know, an exposure to one token while sitting in another network, uh, right? But that's something that we have discussed. Uh, the other thing which is linked to this that uh, we would kind of want to uh, want to see if uh, can be explored is giving some of our friends who are on centralized exchanges uh, uh, a peek into DeFi and DeFi rewards, right? Just kind of. Uh, converting more folks by giving them an, uh, a taste of uh, what DeFi can offer. Uh, and that's something that we've been talking to a few exchanges about, uh, either in terms of uh, integrating with us across uh, across our many chains uh, or, or particular chains that they might be interested in. Uh, but yeah, those, those are some of the you know, cross-chain or multi-chain initiatives. Let me not call it cross-chain, but multi-chain initiatives that uh, we are kind of uh, working on. If we can, if we can do anything to force Coinbase to finally list HBAR, that that's the dream. That's the dream. Nobody yeah, knows why it's taken so long. Yeah, uh, their their listing team is uh, black box to us. Even <laughs> uh, not sure how that works. <laughs> 
We we need to rename it H Bar Sheba, and then they'd probably list it right away. <laughs> yeah, go to the maybe, top of the list. You, you want to propose an uh, an HIP for that? <laughs> I might as well. Uh, is there anything uh, more specific you can tell me about this ongoing conversation about integrating Stater into uh, the kind of the staking system when native staking goes live? Yeah, yeah, sure. So I think the the end state, as we have described it, is is pretty clear to all of us, right? In the sense that ultimately what will happen is that the Stater rewards that are kind of funded by the foundation right now will be driven by nodes uh, and nodes collecting transaction fee and that sort of flowing through the protocol staking and Stater being a liquid token on top of that protocol staking. Uh, and that that will sort of flow through to users, right? Uh, so that's the end goal. Now, what's being developed in HIP 406 very specifically is a portion of the supply side where uh, you will have the option to, uh, you know, particularly stake with a particular node, but the, the rewards will not put, uh, be generated by transaction fee just yet. That's uh, another initiative that will come later, right? Uh, so, which which means that the next step for us is when protocol staking goes live, uh, we will uh, integrate with their reward mechanism, right, and stake there and uh, essentially develop a couple of things on our end. One is going to be a sort of optimal balancing algorithm because, uh, you know, protocol staking has min and max and it will create an optimization problem on how you uh, look at validators and evaluate validators and uh, optimally spread your stake. Right. So we're going to do that for our pool, right? So anybody who stakes with us gets advantage of that uh, versus doing it themselves. Uh, and of course, the advantage of having a liquid token and, and participating in DeFi remains, right? Uh, yeah. And of course, the third advantage, which uh, hopefully people would have kind of seen, is that you, you have access to our support and all of this, those uh, things that we've built and uh, have sort of uh, engaged the community with, right? So uh, those are the kind of things that will remain. Uh, but the idea is to integrate with protocol staking. And then uh, when whenever protocol staking integrates to the nodes and we have, uh, you know, the whole cycle completed, then, the, you know, the, the whole staking infrastructure will be uh, at an end state. We, we kind of touched on this a little bit, but yeah. what are some upcoming products or concepts that you have in the pipeline that don't relate to staking? Sure. I mean, in, in some way or form, they, everything relates to staking. Right, right. Ultimately, of course, of course. Yeah, uh, our uh, staking protocol, right? So, but just taking a leap forward, right? So, uh, th there is obviously the immediate plans that I discussed about in terms of you know making the token as useful as possible and and offering probably staking uh, as a product to other protocols and uh, that those things right. So uh, a couple of things that we could do in the long run is like do vaults, for instance, which essentially would mean automated trading strategies on top of HBARX that uh, we host. And the way we've kind of conceptualized it uh, in a couple of blogs, uh, especially uh, on the erstwhile Terra site, when we were kind of thinking about this to, to implement, but it can be done here and everywhere else, is that once the building blocks are there, uh, you can have folks who are you know uh, very adept at building trading strategies, having uh, you know building those trading strategies and displaying them as vaults 
and uh, users just one click investing in them, right? Uh, so basically you have levels of risk, you understand what the world does and you say, okay, I will stake my HBAR with HBARX and put it to this world, which is, for example, market neutral and looks at XYZ arbitrage opportunities, right? Uh, and that will have a historical yield and stuff like that. So that, that makes the journey much faster and easier. It also kind of gives folks who, who are, uh, you know, very adept at making strategies a way to sort of showcase and uh, earn yields for uh, for their, uh, you know, uh, what they've created. Uh, and those are things that we, we could potentially do uh, in the future, which will be kind of staking related, but a little bit uh, further away, right? Right. Um, but yeah, there, there is, uh, there's no real thing that we'll do, which will be like completely different from staking, but uh, or completely different from DeFi, let me say that, right? Uh, that we will stay in our wheelhouse, uh, more or less. Uh, no merch, no no stater hats. Can we? Uh, <laughs> can we get no? Okay. So, so the merch and stater hats are, uh, you know, uh, I don't know if somebody's let you in on the internal secret, but uh, it, it's been a we've spent about six months designing this, and it comes up in all of our our hands on what what it should be. So uh, it's a super democratic process and whenever whenever we ultimately have it you'll, you'll see me wearing one of those nice. on our next on our next discussion hopefully nice exclusive there yeah a look at the inside <laughs> all right guys we got to plan this hat out yeah all right uh i think that's a great stopping point i'd like to thank you guys for being here again uh i think it's it's really just a, a boon to the entire community. The infrastructure you're creating and uh, your willingness to keep building on that is is really nice and is going to help a lot with the energy and momentum continuing with uh, early DeFi. Now, yeah, you, thanks. Yeah. yeah, sorry. Thank, no, sorry, 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 thank sorry. you for the, the thank you for the kind words and uh, thank you for having us. And uh, as always, uh, to, to the folks who kind of uh, thank you for tuning in and. Uh, like I always say, right? It's it's their energy and their feedback that kind of keeps us going, and you know, long may that continue. Hedera, best forever, best community. <laughs> um, <clears throat> now, if you enjoyed this podcast, please consider subscribing to our YouTube channel, following us on Twitter at Hedera Hashcast, and supporting us via Patreon. As a patron, you get early access to the podcast as well as admittance to a private Discord community where I announce guests in advance, solicit questions, and take feedback. Thank you for listening and for helping to build a consensus in the Hedera community. Thank you to our patrons. ABFT, FTW, Charlie Go, Pib Chibbler, and DJ.